0: On this special edition of Less Than 2000, we have Dawkins superfan Sam Fisher in studio discussing 80s hair bands. Sam's love for Dawkins founding member George Lynch runs deep. He travels half a dozen times a year to see him play, has a personal handcrafted guitar made by Lynch, gets involved in most of the fan groups, and has a true affinity for the music that kept the generation rocking in the 80s. Less than two thousand. The
1: podcast. You know, were you ever really into hair bands? Uh, d- does Metallica count? Uh, no. What, what about Guns and Roses? Are they a hair band? Well, yeah. They they're have the, the long of, hair. They're kind. Metallica has long hair. Every every metal band has long hair. It's it's hair bands, as in big poofy Aquanet hair. It's it's the big
0: poofy. You know, you can't just have long hair and be a hairband. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean to tell me that the long hair isn't what distinguishes hairbands? That it's it's something different? I thought that's what it was. It's the big
1: hair. It's not long hair in general. It's the big hair. It's the big, permed out, fluffed out, you know, blow dried, blonde, girly type hair from the 80s.
0: So you mean to tell me that all these times that I'm like at parties like saying I'm going to put on some 80s hair bands and then put on like Guns N' Roses or Metallica secretly everybody thought I was a freaking noob yeah exactly You are a noob. I think that was the reason I didn't really get
1: into hair bands is because it was all about the big hair and the tight pants and just man some of those singers I don't know how they ever got women in the 80s like with their fashion and stuff because of the image I never really gave it a chance and never really sat down and appreciated that style of music
0: clearly there's a world where people love this music I think we just missed it because, you know, we came in on, like, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and stuff. <laughs> Jeez. Yes, th- that's exactly right. Uh, all right, so we're sitting here today with Sam Fisher. He's a really good friend of mine and uh, an absolute longtime doc and fanatic. And, you know, rumor has it you also have George Lynch on speed dial. Is this, is this true?
2: Well, I don't think there is speed dial anymore, Chad. But, yes, I have his number on my cell phone.
0: I just dated myself. You really did. Holy cow. Okay, you're fave five. Is he in your fave five?
2: What's that? That's an old thing too. Do Nobody so does that I'm anymore. Age. I didn't know you could do that.
0: <laughs> so I just now I double dated yeah, myself. That was about ten <laughs> years ago. Okay. All right. Whoops. My bad. <laughs> Who has limited minutes and stuff
1: anyway? <laughs> right. Unlimited calls to your fave five. <laughs> so so yeah. Okay. So neither of us are very well versed in the subject that we're talking about today, and we wanted to do it justice we didn't just want to wing it I didn't want to just look up a bunch of crap on Wikipedia as I usually do but that's just to supplement the stuff that I'm an expert in oh that's great but today we're talking about 80s hair bands and specifically docking. and we've got an expert right here we brought in an expert somebody who has George Lynch's guitar and George Lynch in his fave 5 or speed <laughs> dial uh, a, a true expert so Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Well,
2: I appreciate it.
1: So explain to people
2: who George Lynch is. (laughs) George Lynch is a uh, guitar player best known for his uh, work done in the band Dockin' in the 80s, but he's been around since the 70s. In the 70s, there were three guitar players that are very well known to people uh, in the L.A. scene, from like 75 to 77, 78-ish. There's tons of bands and tons of guitar players back in the era, but there are three that came out of the era with great success. One was Edward Van Halen, uh, one was George Lynch, and the other was Randy Rhodes. And Randy Rhodes was, of course, the guitar player for Ozzy Osbourne, who got, tragically got killed in a plane crash. Of those three, George Lynch is the only one that is still relevant today, as far as music. In the last decade, George Lynch has worked on several projects and produced 18 albums.
1: How did you get to know him?
2: I uh, had won a contest, and uh, on Facebook, they just said the first five people to reply to this are going to get a phone call from George Lynch. Boom, I was on it, and so... Nice. He, uh... He actually called me, and uh, we had a conversation, and it kind of went from there.
1: Before we get, I, we're gonna we're gonna take a deep dive into docking because we've got an expert here. And but, but before we do that, can we zoom out and take sort of a bird's eye view and talk about the genre in general sure. as, as our expert on eighties hair bands? Right, first of all, is Poison that... sucks. That's what. I... <laughs> Well, first of all, is hair bands, like, is that an offensive term? Is that...
2: It is to, you know, it, it actually is to a lot of those guys from the era. It is to a guy by the name of Eddie Tronk, who's a big, uh, that kind of represents that era still. Uh, it's offensive because there are a lot of good bands that came out of the era that were very good, like Dokken. But it, it, became that it became a parody, and it became, bands were being signed based on what they were wearing and what they look like how much Aquanet extra hold they had in their hair <laughs> versus uh, their actual music talent. And so it, I think a lot of the guys from that era, uh, I mean, Lynch has said, you know, the 80s were defined by two things, the the, the punk scene and the hairband scene. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I think the punk scene will probably be better well known as history goes on. But I, I'm here to disagree with that today. What
1: do they like to, what do they call it then? If not hairband, is it metal? Or- I
2: just think they call it. I think Dawkins likes to be referred to as just straight ahead blues, bluesy rock and roll. They were heavily influenced by the Beatles. So, uh, I just think that it's rock and roll. We're going to go with hair bands today though cuz that's going to be that's going to be a catchy title for the episode. The hair yeah,
0: I mean cuz you're trolling everybody. Well, no, I mean we, we got to use hair bands.
1: I, I think that I, most I'm not people ashamed call of it. it.
2: I, I grew up in that era. I never had long hair. I didn't have the aquanet, but uh it was a great. It was a great time to be alive in the eighties. It was. It was awesome.
0: How did Sam fall in love with rock and roll and very specifically, you know, docking?
2: Well, I fell in love with rock and roll. True story. I was twelve years old in my my friend Denny from Valentine, Nebraska's garage, and we were tearing apart a mini bike. I mean, how how cliche is this whole story going down so far? But we were tearing apart his motorcycle, and I heard this music. Coming from his boombox. Then, for those of you who don't know what boombox is, it's a it's a big box that was sitting on the their garage floor.
0: Okay, now that I'm going to stop you, there that's unfair. We know boomboxes. Okay. I yeah, had a boombox. He's was. condescending, like me,
1: assuming that our listeners don't know what these <laughs> yeah, things yeah, okay. are. Yeah, that well, is that I'm Was say it unfair? a ghetto blaster?
0: It was a
2: ghetto ass blaster, and it was big gray one. But it was blasting music that I, <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was blasting music that I had never heard. It was incredible what I was hearing, and so. I I I literally got down on and, and looked upside down through the little the little window and it said ACDC Back in Black and I thought Holy sh! Yes, um, so that's what got me started as far as getting me started on Doc and I was in high school and I was kind of known as a rock and roll kid and, and a preppy friend of mine said Well I, I assume you got that new Doc and you know it's you know that's what everybody's talking about and I go Of course I do Dan and then I proceeded to the store to get it and so i have to
0: always tell always lie to your friends i absolutely have that (laughs) yeah i'm
2: cool yeah so
0: of course uh, nowadays it's a lot easier to get access you go yeah of course i know of that and you already have it pulled up on your phone
1: exactly one of the reasons we had you on is to is to to go deep with this stuff because it you know it was never my cup of tea probably because i didn't have the memories of it i don't have associated memories with it like chad and i grew up with rap that was our thing and so we 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 had that fondness for that, and later in the well, 90s, you, the
2: rock and roll. You remember that moment in time. It takes you back. It's such a yeah. strong feeling. It's like a, a, you smell your grandma's cinnamon rolls from 50 years ago sure. or whatever it is. It, it just takes you back. And the so, first time you got
1: laid. Yeah, right. Getting drunk I in the back of a pickup. It's or, okay. Yeah. Wives don't listen to this
2: show. Well, yeah. my, my wife will listen to this show. So. Uh,
1: that's, I mean, I mean, I mean, we're talking 30 <laughs> oh, plus So yours will. We're talking 30, 40, 35 or more years ago, yeah. so I think that's yeah. okay. No, though. no, no. No,
2: no, but I mean, I, I mean, that's it, that's the same thing with me. I mean, we all we hear a song or we hear a, a something, and we it takes us. I can tell you where I was at. I tell you how much beer was in my can. I can tell you what where I was on Main Street in Valentine, Nebraska. I mean, you just, yeah. it's, it's that it's that clear to me.
1: That's what this show's about. Is like I, I see it's not my jam, but I can feel it coming off of you. That just the nostalgia and the. The, the the feeling of better times and the youth and the and the connection and the positive memories to all yeah, this. Everybody
2: stuff. wants to be seventeen again, bro. Everybody. So, well, so, she's only she's,
1: seventeen is a great song. Is that
2: <laughs> is that Winger? It is Winger. Their their guitar player Reb Beach was uh, replaced George Lynch and Dawkins. Really, that see
1: that was uh, a great riff too. Mm-hmm. She's only seventeen is a great guitar riff. It wasn't of course, a creepy course, We
2: could talk about Winger too because they were a poor hair band that was destroyed by Beavis and Butthead.
1: Ah, you got a bad review on Beavis and Butthead. You're well, no,
2: kinda... I love Beavis and Butthead, but they, they single-handedly broke the band Winger. and I mean, because Stuart, the little nerd kid, yeah. had the Winger shirt, and then, of course, Beavis and Butthead had the ACDC yes, and Metallica, Metallica
1: shirt. I want to kind of define what a hair band is and what isn't like if I could just like is Metallica in the same category
2: as Dokken and and Warrant and Scorpions and it's funny you should say that um no they're not and I mean they're a thrash metal band they're not a hair metal band um however those guys talk those guys from Slayer Metallica all those guys they talk about in the 80s you know the, the Hollywood scene the rainbow where all the girls were they would all they all made fun of those bands and yet they were out on they were out watching those bands because that's the only way they were gonna get laid yeah <laughs> i mean so
0: uh it's kind of funny you know you were talking so you're talking about your friend that's that that still travels and went and saw the last show and all that I, you still travel and, and, and whenever you
2: can i do i was supposed to see the doc and and george lynch mob is opening up for doc and on the road i probably go see george you know one to five times a year
0: but but tell the story about the line of people waiting to get in, to see him or to get an autograph. Oh, the Doc and Reunion show. Yeah.
2: We get into the photo line, and there's, you know, the top 100 fans in the world there. As I walk into the photo line, George recognizes me and says, hey, Sam, you made it. Did you bring in the guitar? And, <laughs> and so all these fans behind me are like, who the hell is this guy? And... I'm standing there taking a photo, and when he said, "Did you bring the guitar?" my literally my knees started to like quake because it was just like, "What is happening here?" I mean, I just thought he was BSing me, and so I walk away from the photo line. And George says, "Sam, text me." And all these again, these fans are like, "Who that?" And then all of a sudden, some of these Docking fans were like, "You know, hey, how are you doing?"
0: And you know, <laughs> who are you? All, all of a sudden, everyone <laughs> wants to be your friend, and they didn't give two. <laughs>
2: they were cool about it but yeah I mean so it was it was a it was a experience of a lifetime
1: it seemed very similar to the other 80s quote hair bands uh huh tell me Tell me what, if anything, stands out about Dokken specifically and why that band as opposed to any other number of bands in this genre.
2: Well, I, I just think the pure musicianship from Dokken is different than some of the other bands. Those guys are very, very talented players who didn't just disappear, they're still all very relevant players. You have, you know, Don's still with the band, he owns he now owns Don Dockin. Don Dockin owns the franchise it wasn't always that way the
1: only member who's still the he original bought, member, he bought he
2: bought he right he bought the other guys out and Wild McBrown retired Wild McBrown the drum player is a is a fantastic singer that contributed to the three part harmony of Dockin and Jeff Pilson is a producer produces many albums to this day and uh is for the last I don't know 16 or 18 or 20 years has been the bass player and music director for Foreigner, so he's he's on the road a lot. I mean, I think Foreigner does 150 dates a year um, when they're out on the road. So, you know, you know, for a guy like Mick Jones to hire Jeff Pilsen as a the music director of a, one of the iconic bands of the '70s is really saying something. So, I I think number one, the musicianship of those guys separates them. Um, number two, I, I just. Lynch is such an influence on all these other guys. I mean, influence guys like Warren Martini from Rat. Um maybe to a lesser extent he influences Jakey e. Lee. Uh but all those players from that era if you ask him, you know, about George Lynch, they're all they're all going to say, "Oh yeah, I mean, he was the guy who was voted 68th greatest guitar player of all time by Guitar World Magazine, the 10th greatest uh, metal player of all time by Guitar World Magazine. So he's he's very, very well-respected and one of the most humble guys, by the way. He doesn't go around and flaunt that. But um, I just think the musicianship, um, the difference of Lynch's guitar playing, and then the chemistry of Don and George not getting along and Jeff uh, Mick and Jeff kind of holding it together – is It's fascinating because they never agreed really necessarily on the musical direction of that band. You had Don, who was more uh, influenced by stuff that was um, melodic, and you had George, who just wanted to be very edgy. So what you had was a, a very melodic band with an edge to it, and I think that's what makes Dockin different from that
0: era. You saw the birth of MTV. I saw, I, I saw MTV a few years in, where they were then still, it was like when, they'd throw back when, and when play Carmen stuff. Carmen from- Electra and Ginny McCarthy were on uh, Singled Out. Singled Out. Oh, that that was the yeah. greatest
2: show oh, of all time. God. I actually YouTube that the other day. <laughs> I, for- I forgot how freaking awesome it
1: was. <laughs> Sex in the 90s was another one that was I very formative to us. So uh, you remember the first song played on MTV?
2: Uh, yes, I do. It was uh, Video Killed the Radio Star by the Bungles, right? Yep. yep. I love
0: how that's the first song Bungles, that ever I played think. on MTV.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: let me just digress on this. Sure. So, you know, Yes is another one of those bands that's been through so many phases. And there was that period in the 80s, 90215 and Big Generator, uh, where they had Trevor Raven. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, when I was watching some of the Dawkins videos, it, it looked a lot like, 80s yes like with trevor rabin and the tight pants and the leopard print and or you know tiger print and all that stuff
2: no well, maybe they influence that i don't know
1: definitely definitely um thoughts on 80s yes
2: it was very different to me I, I liked owner of a lonely heart i i wasn't into the 70s yes i have lots of friends that were or are i found it to be depressing in the sense that this hair metal is all about partying having a good time you know and then you have that serious stuff, and yeah. maybe that's why I wasn't into Rush either. Who would you consider to be
1: the first hair band in this category? The first one to do this, what we think of as hair bands?
2: Probably Quiet Riot was the first one that was signed. They were mm. signed before Motley Crue. I, I think it was probably Quiet Riot, then Motley Crue, then you had then you had people artists from the 70s that started changing their look. I mean, Van Halen kind of changed their look, sort of. Then you had Scorpions. They band have been around since I think the late 60s. They were wow. they were known as a hair band, Rock Me Like a Hurricane, but they've been right. around for years.
1: Who was it that you said S- some band sucks
2: poison, when started? Poison, Poison. Okay. But hey, I was at the... I, I, I remember that first Poison album, Look What the Cat Dragged In, and I was in college, and I mean... You know, if you wanted the girls to hang out, I was hanging out with my uh, guy's room that played the guitar, and he wasn't—he wasn't playing Docking songs. He was playing Poison songs. Sure. Why? Because there's like 15
0: girls in the room. I'm like, oh, I'm right. gonna go check this out. So what I'm—what I'm understanding <laughs> is back then it was uh, uh, Docking was cool. If you wanted to get laid, it was Poison.
2: pretty, pretty much, yeah. Def Leppard, by the way, is another band that fits into that. They were before hair band, then they kind of became a hair band, and now... Pour they, they,
1: some sugar on me. Yeah,
2: it's such a weak song. Can't oh, get into you it. you don't like that one? How I about Round like and it. Round by Rat? It was great when it came out. I thought it was awesome, yeah. That's a great riff, man. Yeah, yeah. Actually... Little trivia: Warren D. Martini. he wrote that riff around and around the same time that Jake E. Lee was right writing the riff for "Bark at the Moon" for Ozzy. They were oh. roommates. So, oh. little trivia for you.
1: Was uh, Dawkins' biggest one in "In My Dreams"? Was that the what was their probably biggest... their most well-known song? Sure, yeah, yeah. It, it, the video has the the rain. And the, oh, it's epic! And bro. The, the the blue screen and all it, that. Oh, it's e- it's it, epic! It's, and it's then Lynch, I watched it. I remember that video. Le-
2: wait, and then they show a close up of Lynch doing this run, which I've been trying to learn. It's 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 insanely fast, and it's like a seven fret stretch. And it's man, like, and and uh, for a lot of docking fans, that was the Ed Sullivan show type moment for us. Like, you know, whoa, look at this guy! I mean, he was he was incredible. I mean, just like, how does he play the guitar that fast? How does his fingers move that fast?
1: Y- y- you know that that is one. Thing thing that i noticed listening to this stuff is is you know all, all the a lot of the hairband guitar solos are very kind of samey to me like, like noodling really fast playing right. but i did notice the difference with lynch like it, it was, was it? more technically proficient it was in the van halen category yeah rather than a, just a i don't know poison it, it, or warrant
2: or yeah whatever. and he's lynch is not a school player so he does not know what he's playing i mean he he says he couldn't name he couldn't play a major chord for his like well actually you can george you just don't know what it's called right I mean, you know, it's like <laughs> you, like you're on that street, you just don't know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, no theory at all. No, none. And and he he he, you know, he plays what's called the flatted fifth, which gives a lot of his stuff a, a little darker song. The flatted fifth, if you look it up, in medieval times they would decapitate you if you played it because it's kind of an evil sounding. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he bases a lot of his playing on the flatted fifth. Um is that a the lot same of his, the devil's chord. Yes, it is called the, the devil's chord. Yeah. And and um a, a thing called gothic Oc- octave and he plays what are called shapes, but his feel and his legato uh and vibrato are unbelievable. He he actually I don't know if he invented it, but he he inspired DeMartini and a bunch of players to do what's called the jack-off vibrato, which is kind of a, <laughs> a violinist move or a bottleneck vibrato, and he it was only he only did that because he was trying to emulate Hendrix, and he didn't know what the hell he was doing under this vibrato. So he kind of, he kind of did this thing where he just swipes it, and nobody can play that like Lynch. I mean, just you know, I can't jump into his fingertips or his heart or his brain to make it sound like that. And that's what separates those great players. Lynch has a sound, and everybody knows. You know he could play three notes, and I know it's Lynch. I just know it's Lynch, and it's hard to describe, but he's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. Different
1: times, man. The eighties, you got to have some like party. They got some wild was, parts. Everybody stars. was on
2: coke back in mean, then, man. They,
1: I mean, they just it, getting kicked out of hotels and and
2: setting things on fire. And well, there's and there's a, there's like a great the, you know. story that Lynch told uh, last summer about um, Eddie Trunk did a show from the Rainbow Rainbow Bar and Grill is a famous place. And Lynch tells a story about, you know, in the mid 80s sometime that, that he he, you know, pulls up Panter- him and his drug dealer were in his Pantera and they just got busted by the cops for tequila and guns and all this shit. couldn't believe that they let him go. And so he gets in a fight at the Rainbow over some stripper named Bambi. And, and <laughs> of course, and the, and <laughs> of so, course the, it's so the cops come and see him and he's arrested and thrown in a cop car. And Lynch is like, Miles, get me out of the car and sure enough this Mexican kid let him out of the car and he ran up into Hollywood Hills there I mean literally with dogs chasing the helicopter <laughs> no His, way the guy he's with had like cut up by Constantine wire they're climbing through these fences and stuff and just total rock and roll well the great part about that story is fast forward 30 plus years and he's in, a, he's in this band called Lynch Mob, and his drummer is a guy by the name of Jimmy DeAnda. Well, it turns out, and DeAnda goes up to the mic and tells that story. He goes, I was that 13-year-old kid. Just crazy. Get out of here. That's amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. And they never had that conversation
1: before that? No, I,
2: I guess not. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And he did remember,
1: he, hey, dude, like, he reminded you, know, he goes, him. you
2: remember that, George? He's like, yeah. He goes, that was you? Goes, yeah, that was me, George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because, Oh, well, he didn't know Deanna, that he Deanna, was a rock and roll right, star. Right, right, like, right. Yeah. Deanna knew who George Lynch was because he said, my buddy and I were 13, 14, hanging out, and I was like, Dude, that's George Lynch in the cop car. That's so we so let George Lynch out of the cop car, <laughs> set George free. That's amazing. The, the,
1: the favorite one I I listened to "Walk Away" was was no. I thought the most powerful of the ones. Is it? I saw. It's, it's
2: it's incredible.
1: Great song, great video. The snake on the drums and and, and
2: so that location, I guess, was um, the Manson somehow were involved with that house. There's literally still like there's literally like animal blood on the walls still, and just a freaky great location but anyway yeah but yeah that that song is uh they were it's already- ironic because they were technically broken up when they did that it was an obligation they had to do and you know it's just the, the whole story of docking is tragic because they were they were looking at million dollar con. they were about to go to the next level which is the arena level uh and uh they just they weren't talking and don and george got in a famous fits, fist fight in a limo that year and I mean, it's just, they weren't talking, and and George and everybody was on drugs except for Don. He was just on, you know, alcohol and volume, and uh, they weren't talking, and that was the end of it. I mean, millions of dollars were left on the table, and egos got involved, drugs got involved, and ultimately, nobody made any damn money after that because... Uh, George and Don both did albums and Don couldn't use his name because the other guys sued him sure they like you can't use the Dokken name because we own three-fourths of this band so Don had to do an album under the Don Dokken label so he did that and then George did his first Lynch Mob album which is Highly revered.
0: I see you brought uh, a duck in into the fire. Um, the book by James Curl. Now you actually know the author of this book. Well, right? I don't. I don't know him. have well, talked him to because him he reached times. out.
2: Yeah, I, I've talked to him via social media. Nice guy.
0: Nice. Tell us about the book. Just I mean, like what? What? Because I know there's there's huge fans out there. And some of them may not know all the stories that are in this book and things like that, but is there anything you'd want to share about what's in there and what, what fans well, would want I to Well, I just know? think
2: if you're a fan, you, you need to read it and know that only Don and Jeff were interviewed for the book. And then George apparently did give two interviews for it, and then he and then he pulled out. Um, well, speaking of which, we need you to sign a
0: release. Yeah, we don't so. want you pulling out. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. The- <laughs> That's a really awkward time to bring this up. By the way, we're sending you a legal document. I'm not I'm not saying anything that isn't
2: public information in this book. So no, no. Uh, anyway, uh, but it's, it, it's a book that I highly recommend for dog and Fans because he ta- he does a good job of, of taking... I mean, because nowadays you can research stuff based on... These guys have done a ton of interviews uh, on YouTube over the years, and he kind of puts it all together. And there are two or three things in that book that I did not know before. So...
0: Uh, and that's coming from a super fan
2: yeah i think so so the fact
0: that you're a super fan and you still learn something from the book says that james uh did Did, did, some deep dive he did he did did good job
1: let's see that guitar so you brought a guitar would you mind busting that out and showing the audience I'm sure here live on air (laughs) yeah yeah live (laughs) (laughs) we we should be creating video content by now
2: but uh, let's george lynch made this made this for me Made it for George. Yeah.
0: No, that's what I mean. This is a custom-made guitar. Whoa! Whoa! By George Lynch, specifically oh for so, Sam. It's called
2: the Snake Hunter. It's the fourth one he's made. Here, hold on. Speak it into no, the mic. I'm sorry. It's the fourth one he's made, but you see the snake head there down there, and you've got... Holy... The,
0: don't break it, the, Adam. ...the
2: detail you know, of the, the rattles and the skulls and the... This is a, his, his famous guitar is called, his Tiger, so it's based on the motif of the Tiger, which he just sold for $125,000, by the way. Wow. I mean, it's got... It's, and he's played it on stage several times, and I've got videos.
1: You can you can feel the energy on it, man. Yeah. You can yeah, feel
2: the energy.
0: It's it. an incredible guitar.
1: What are the, the, the fret markers are like fangs fangs yeah, yeah. stainless
2: steel frets uh which most guitars are nickel frets and
1: this is real snake skin or what yeah yeah wow that's, oh, that's... He, when he
2: first did it he actually i think captured the snakes himself. it's very organic he did it all by hand i've got a video of him before he shipped it out he played it for me and you know confirmed that it was serial number 68 and blah 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 mr scary Mr. Scary Guitars. Yep. Thanks yeah. for thanks for bringing this. Thanks for busting sure. it out. And it does have that tiger, you know, print. Is it, yeah, it's a tiger motif on it. Yeah, that, that, so all, these, yeah all this stuff. He just he finds these little bones in the desert. and I mean, he literally and, just and, makes and, that in and, his backyard and then sends it this, to you. This uh, headstock is what he calls the hooker headstock. It's kind of unique. I just, I, I just I'm a huge Docket fan, and... Um, It's not who defines me, but... I'm not defined by Dokken, but it's a big, big part of my life. And, you know, what do you say to your heroes when you meet them? And all all I could say to all of them was, thanks for the music. I mean, you know, thank you. I I sent Lynch an email on New Year's Eve and said, here are my top 20 songs that I... My top songs that you've written in the last decade. And I think he actually appreciated it. You know, he replied right away and said, well, thanks. You know, I, I forgot about some of those, you know. And it's a very interesting list. And, you know, it's just... To have that opportunity to have your heroes just to respond to something like that—it's just—it's—it's it's, it's just something you remember forever.